know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Welcome to our daily drive time devotions through Romans chapter 8. That verse, Romans 8, 28, is one of the most loved and most often quoted verses in all the Bible. It's a reminder to us that in all things, God works for our good. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Verses 29 and 30, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. When you look at the past sufferings of Jesus as we looked at the last few days, and then you look at the future glory of God that we look forward to, one of the questions that remains is, what about the present? What about what I'm going through in my life right now? How do I handle the day-to-day problems that I'm facing? I know I can look to the past and realize I share in Jesus' suffering. And I know I can look to the future and realize I'm going to share in God's glory because of his love for me. But what about the day-to-day now? Well, Romans 8 talks about that also. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Let me read that verse, Romans 8, 28, in three different translations. I just read it in NIV, also in the New Century Version. We know that in everything, God works for the good of those who love him. Philip's Version. We know that to those who love God, who are called according to his plan, everything that happens fits into a pattern for good. The message paraphrase, we can be sure that every detail of our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Now, these are verses about problems. And when first you ask the question, what's good about my problems? I think the honest answer that most of us come up with is nothing. That's what's good about my problems, absolutely nothing. Well, the problem with that is we started with the wrong question, the wrong angle. What's good about my problems? Yeah, you're right. Nothing is good about your problems. They're terrible, sinful things. Problems are an evidence that there is evil in this world. And and if you want, you can drive yourself into bitterness or into depression thinking about what an evil place this world can be. That's the wrong angle, the wrong question. You don't begin by asking, what's good about my problems? You begin by asking, what good can God work even through my problems? That's the right angle because God works miracles every day. Every day, he takes the evil of problems and suffering, and he miraculously transforms them into good in our lives. Let's just walk through this verse slowly. Notice that it says, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. In all things, not some things, all things. It's not like there's a limited list of things that God can use to work for good in your life. He can use anything and will use anything and everything if I'll trust him with it, if you'll trust him with it. In all things, God works. Not you work, not luck works, but God does this work. So you have to trust him, you have to lean on him. In all things, God works for the good. Notice it says not for your desire, but for the good. He certainly doesn't work in all things so that I get what I desire. But he does work in all things so that good can happen, not only in my character now, but also going forward into eternity, not only in my life, but in the life of people that are around me. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, of those who love him. Problems work for good as you continually make two vital decisions, to love the Lord 
and to seek his purpose. Because it says, to those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. So as I continually make that decision, I continually see how God is working for the good in all of the problems. I really left out the most important two parts, I think, of, of this verse, the first two words. At the start of the verse, we know that God works all things together for good. We know. The fact is, this truth is true whether you believe it or not. Whether right now you're believing as a follower of Jesus Christ that God works all things together for good, God's doing it. This is a promise. God is working even if you're trying to work against him. But we do know, we do know that we can be miserable with our problems unless we recognize these first two words. We know. We know. When we know this, we have a sense of security and peace like never before. Now, what good can problems work? Well, here's what they do. They make you like Jesus. We know that God's using all things to work together for good to conform us to the image of his son. And these verses in verse 30 talk about whom he foreknew, whom he predestined. Those are big 25-cent Bible words, theological words. Whom he foreknew, whom he predestined, whom he called. These all add up to the fact this is not my plan. This is God's plan. And here's the answer to the mystery of suffering. Why would I need to suffer with Christ in order to receive his riches? Why would he have me go through that? Because the greatest riches of Jesus are himself, Christ revealed in me. You might be asking, are you saying that the suffering I face right now is making me like Christ in some way that impacts my life not only now, but also all the way into eternity? Are you saying that? That is exactly what I'm saying. So when you hear of persecution, of a believer in Christ, maybe in another country facing persecution, there is one part of you that says, I've got to stop that. That is wrong. And we should try to stop it with everything that we have. But as you try to stop it, don't forget to listen to the quiet whisper of God. A quiet whisper that says, God, what kind of glory are you building into their life even as they go through this persecution? When you see a child's twisted body and one part of you says, that is unfair, that is wrong. We should do all that we can to change that. We should do all that we can to comfort that child. But as you do those things, listen to that quiet whisper. God, what kind of glory are you building into their life as they face this suffering. Because life is not just about this planet. When you face some of the lesser pains that you might be facing in your life right now, listen for that whisper. God, what kind of glory are you building into my life even through this? That doesn't make you a martyr. That doesn't make you invite the pain. That doesn't make you live with pain that you don't need to live with. But it does put into perspective the suffering, the pain in life that we cannot escape. I know as I say this, there's something in all of us that thinks, I don't believe it. I don't believe that God could use such suffering for such glory. And I would just say to you, yes, you do believe it. You've affirmed your belief in that every time you've taken the Lord's Supper, every time you've taken communion. Think of the suffering that Jesus Christ went through on the cross, incredible suffering. And why? For God's glory for my forgiveness, for your forgiveness. 
for us to be together with him forever and eternity. God's glory comes even through suffering. Then make the suffering good. Shows you how glorious and good God is. Romans 8, 28 is a verse that many have memorized because it carries you through some days. When you go through a problem, God, through his spirit, will bring this verse to mind to remind you, you're not alone. God has a plan, even in this. If you've never memorized this verse, I'd invite you to do that. Start that even this week. For we know that God causes all things to work together for the good, for those who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. Let's pray together. Lord, you know the problem that we're facing right now. You see it. And Lord, you promise us in this verse that you're using even this to work for good. Not to work for my desires, not to work that there would be no more problems on this planet, but to work for good now and all the way into eternity. Lord, if we're to see this problem in a new way, if we're to hear that quiet whisper, what kind of glory are you building even through this? We need your strength to hear that. We need your eyes to see that. And I pray that right now you would give us that strength, give us those eyes because of your love for us. We pray this confidently, but also humbly. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I, I invite you not, not to leave this here, but to stretch your faith. Stretch your faith this day by taking 15 minutes sometime during the day to dream about how God might transform one problem that you're facing into his glory. As we look forward tomorrow to continuing this look through Romans, Romans 8, 31 to 34 will be the verses we look at in this incredible chapter. <laughs>